0: All right, so welcome to another episode of Mocha Speaks Podcast. Today I am going to talk about Kwanzaa. I want to educate y'all a little bit about Kwanzaa. And I have a special guest with me today. Um, Dwight, why don't you introduce yourself and let the audience know who you are and why you why you have joined us today.
1: Well, uh, first of all, uh, Mocha, I wanna thank you for allowing the uh, Kwanzaa Alliance to um give a presentation about Kwanzaa on uh mocha speaks yeah you, you and i we've known each other for a number of years so so we we've uh been you know been together and had connections for for a few years so it's it's always a pleasure to be with with uh, you know powerful strong uh dedicated uh you know uh people with with a history you know to to kind of work with them
0: yeah yeah. Well, thank you. You're also a figure in the community. I've known you from politics to community work, and you know, um, I've always admired just the way you carry yourself, the way you um, have been able to to like maneuver through politics, but still remain, you know, who you are, your authentic self within the Black culture.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for that very kind and generous introduction. if I ever get in any trouble, I'm going to hire you as my attorney.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, after I get my law degree.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Kwanzaa, um, Kwanzaa has been around since about 1966. Mm -hmm. And it was um, um, organized, thought of, and put together by Dr. Marlona Karenga back in those days. And if you recall correctly, um, those were the days of the, of the what some urban Black people called the Great Rebellion, mm-hmm. when there was um, resistance uh, in places like uh, Watts, there was resistance in Newark, and in Detroit, um, and a number of places. Uh, black people had kind of realized that after they arrived here, after the second uh, migration which was right after World War Two. okay so it, it started um, in the early 50s actually the late 40s early 50s um, and they escaped I say escape people say uh, historians like to say migrated but I think when you've been oppressed by people and you leave their jurisdiction that's an escape <laughs> okay so they escaped and went to the north where there was a lot of work because before World War II, about 90% of black people lived in the South. They lived in about six states, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, so they moved out to uh, uh, Newark, to uh, New York, uh, Detroit, Baltimore, and some went as far away as San Francisco and Oakland, so so forth. They went to Texas. Well, they do, some of them went to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, most of them northern cities, but once they got there and uh, they realized that the jobs were running out and uh, black people were kind of living with their relatives, all in one apartment, you know, several families. And then there were outbreaks of tuberculosis. Um, the jobs weren't there. Men were leaving. There was a lot of alcoholism. Drug addiction was beginning. So people uh, were frustrated. And so, what Europeans call riots is what what they had. Uh, but out of that, out of that uh, uh, horrible time came something very good, in the end. And Kwanzaa was one of them. Um, if you recall, '67 was was the Newark riot, and Kwanzaa started in '66 on the other side of the country, uh, but it, it moved like wildfire all over the the United States, wherever black people were, because we were beginning to realize that we needed to have some values for one thing, because we really didn't have the traditional values that we used to have as Africans. So Marlona Karenga uh, studied uh, those values uh, in Africa, in in particular in West Africa and uh, Southeast Africa, and he kind of boiled them all down. And he came up with seven principles that have been principles that black people have had for thousands of years that we had lost because um, due to our being kidnapped and our culture being uh, squashed and taken away our language. And when you take people's language away, that in and of itself takes their culture away, okay, because you can't communicate and you can't uh, teach the history to your to your own people because you can't speak the language anymore, okay? When you take the writing away, there's no historical record anymore. So you become what um, some some of the leaders used to say in the 1990s, uh, a lost and found person, when you're found, when you realize that, okay? Uh, They would say, we were lost in the wilderness of North America, okay? Uh, We were far away from home. So he came up with, with these seven principles, and he called them, he used Swahili terms for his ideas uh, and his philosophical view. Um, and the reason for that is that Swahili is probably the most prevalent uh, understood language on the African continent. So um, his principles, principles were called Nguza Saba, which is the seven principles in uh, in Swahili. and. I don't know if you want me to go through all of them, but I don't
0: I wanted know. you to mention like the seven principles, but before we get into you mentioning and going down to seven principles, mm-hmm. I wanted you to expand on, okay, so in the 60s or maybe the late 50s, you know, Kwanzaa start coming about, right? Right. And so over the years, I've I've seen different people try to, incorporate Kwanzaa or try to um, keep up with it. And then now I don't see it as much, like in our households, like in different households. Right, right. Why do you think it's still important for, especially the younger generation, to embrace and celebrate Kwanzaa today?
1: Okay, first of all, I think uh, the pandemic, as it did a lot of other organized um, social endeavors, intended um, to bring a halt to all that. So Kwanzaa was a victim to that as well. And in Athens, the last Kwanzaa was four years ago.
0: Right, right, it's been a while.
1: So um, what we tried to do is to bring it back because uh, the pandemic is over for now and we need to get back to business, all right? Um, And right now, Kwanzaa's needed more uh, than it really, than it's been ever needed, really, since the '60s, because right now we have this attack on, on our children um, and on white kids, because uh, the government is making uh, concerted efforts to stop the teaching of any history right. about Africans, about the atrocities that were committed against Africans. They don't want, they don't want their kids to know about that, and they don't want our kids to know about that, and they definitely don't want our kids. To know to know about the struggle that we've been through and the connections that we have to the people in the motherland and the uh connections that we have had with each other and uh they don't do not want to inspire us because I remember back in the 60s when we had uh the Panther Party and some other some other uh black uh focused groups afrocentric groups they were beginning to make connections with uh, throughout the dias- uh, diaspora right, you know, right. in, in Africa, they made connections with the Cubans. They made um, connections uh, w- with other Africans. You had also you had people like Kwame Torre, who uh, became um, a, a, um, a, a minister in the government in uh, Guinea with Senkou Torre and uh, Kwame Nkrumah. So you were having those connections that were kind of going on. In in the day, and all that has been hidden. And when you hide that, people have to repeat history. They gotta start all over again. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for that reason alone, we need that. And then, secondly, there's I noticed that there's a lot of uh, values that are missing in our community right now. There are a lot of values that are missing, and we need we need to restore those values, bring that back. Because I see kids walking through neighborhoods. Uh, teenagers with wives the money and where are they getting this money from? And they're counting the money. Okay. The point is that they're doing the things, things that are harm, harmful to the community and may eventually be harmful to them. O- okay. Physically, it's already harmful mentally uh, and value wise. It's already har- harmful, but we need uh, to bring them back so that they understand who they are they know what the traditional greatness of Black people uh, is, because I, I was looking the other day at um, a book with uh, uh, about Tutankhamun, uh, the Egyptian pharaoh, and it's just loaded with with all of his gold coffins and and precious jewels. And then when you you uh, e- even the outside, even they built special uh, buildings just for all of that. Um, and huge monumental statues. We did that. Mm -hmm. And when that was done, uh, Tutankhamen, who came very late in ancient Egypt, Tutankhamen um, lived around 1300 BC before Christ. Mm -hmm. And that part of Egypt was about 6,000 years old. But when you talk to anthropologists, they tell you that the first human evidence in Egypt was 400,000 years ago. Now, just to put that in perspective, the United States is only 246 years old. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they can't tell those kids about that. Right.
0: Because if they, they
1: saw that, they would they would be very proud to be a part of our ancestors. And they would want to be a part of Kwanzaa where they can pay uh, homage to the people whose shoulders that they now stand.
0: So historical one. To 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 um keep history alive, especially black history, and especially that they're erasing it out of the schools. Teachers are scared to talk about it. Um, policymakers is, you know. They get
1: fired for talking about it.
0: Right. That's and you know, that's that's scary for an educator. Um, and then also value and principles to 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 instill that back into the black community and for the youth to have like a, a guiding point from exactly. our ancestors basically right okay so um do you want to expand on what some of those seven principles are because as much as i love kwanzaa that's been one of the hardest things for me is to keep up with the seven principles you know yeah. and try to um set space especially in my household to celebrate kwanzaa so when um i heard kwanzaa was coming back i was happy because i'm like okay well i could follow you know the community and i still can partake. So why don't you expand on what those seven principles are so people
1: know? Okay. First of all, first of all, let me say that Kwanzaa has changed over the years and um, it has become more diverse. It has accepted more people um, into it who are, would not necessarily be considered black people. Yeah. Um, a lot of people of color and, and white people as well. When I celebrated Kwanzaa in uh, California, I lived in, uh, Oakland and Berkeley, okay, there, um, and we can go into this another time, but there was, um, a large, diverse population, and they, um, there was an interchange between all of the various cultural ethnic groups, the Latinos and the Asians is on the Pacific Rim, so you had all these Chinese, you had Japanese, you had Filipinos, and, uh, of course, California used to be Mexico at one point, all right, and then you had all of these, uh, Europeans who came during the gold rush. So you have Russian Hill, you have the French community in San Francisco, and, and then you had uh after World War II, you all these black people who migrated to California to work um in the war industry. And they all uh intermingled with one another. So as time went on, um and, and uh Kwanzaa was developed, uh initially black black people were the only people invited to Kwanzaa. But you right. began to realize that that was not the way to go. Because mm-hmm. living there, you find that um, in the same uh, apartment house, you have Filipinos, Chinese, Black people, uh, Mexicans, and they're all getting along with each other. And a lot of them are intermarried with each other and they're t- taking care of each other's kids. Okay. So also, I-,
0: I noticed that, um, not to sorry, I just interrupt real quick. I oh, also noticed with you saying that um, traditional wise, they don't really celebrate Christmas it's, it's an it's more of an American holiday so if you have that those different backgrounds it's kind of um, you're just subject to it so like for me you know uh, my background is Jamaican Chinese my mother you know we're Jamaican um, my grandfather uh, my mother's side was Chinese his last name is Lee So when we moved here and we migrated to the United States, it's like okay, all these holidays, and you just Uh like just start celebrating it, but it might not be your tradition. So I'm glad to hear that it's expanded to Uh where other cultures can be involved. So go ahead, I'm I'm just want to interject a little bit.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, the principles, seven principles. Um, the first one is the Moja, which is Swahili for unity. Mm-hmm. And the second one is Chakaliya, which is the, the um, Swahili term for self-determination. And basically what that is for is to um, instill in us the uh, need to decide who our friends are. Okay. And um, who we should be uh, enamored with, in love with, be dedicated to. Okay. Okay. Uh, and not let other people decide that for us. You just mentioned this business about the, about Christmas and how Christmas started out as a religious holiday, and then it became a commercial holiday. And then there was they became Christmas trees and Santa Claus and all that. and they had kind of forgot all about uh, Jesus Christ and the man right. you know, that was gone. Yeah. all right. um so we need to decide and take control of who uh, our friends are, okay, and who our role models are. Because you see this crazy stuff that's going on right now in the music industry amongst our people and in Hollywood amongst our, I mean, it's just wild stuff. And uh, that's a lack of values. That's exactly what happens when you don't, you don't have a value system. Uh, the other uh, principle, the third principle is Ujima, which is collective work and responsibility. Okay. We have a responsibility to each other. We have a what Europeans used to call a social contract with each other, uh, if you see people in the community that need something and you can provide it for them, you know, um, you need to try to do that. You Sometimes you see kids who uh, whose parents are struggling. They don't have a school bag, but you can get one inexpensively for them when you get your own kid's school bag and you can give it to them. All right. There are people in the community who could use food, who could use clothes, who could just uh, use um, a shoulder. Mm-hmm. You just listen to them sometimes. Um, you, we walk down the, the street and there's paper on the ground. I see people don't pick it up in front of their own house. Okay, that's also collective uh, work and collective responsibility. If we all do those things for each other, we won't need nobody else. Right, right, right. We just took care of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, it's like um, Dante, in uh, Dante's Inferno, uh, he was one of the characters was asked what the difference between heaven and hell is. And uh, Dante said, well, in, in hell, every people all have long arms in, in hell and they can't feed themselves. But in heaven, they the guy said, well, what about heaven? What's it like? And he said, everybody has long arms, but they feed each other with those arms. And, and that's the way we have to be. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the um, so and you next went one is uh, is Ujama, which you know a lot about, is yeah. uh, cooperative economics. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be doing business with each other mm-hmm. because if we go to work for uh, people in another culture, you know, in, um, and another ethnic group, and then we make money from them and we take it all that money back to Target, we take it back to Publix, we take it back to chicken fillet, filler, I can't even say fillet we're giving the money right back to the people that we earned it from. Mm-hmm. And we we don't progress that way. We can't hire other people that way. We become at the, their, uh, the mercy of people who may not always have our, our best interests. You know, I read a study, uh, you know, my degrees in social science, I read a study once where um, this um, researcher followed $1 in the Chinese community and the Chinese were all spending their money, or most of them, with each other. Mm -hmm. So that one dollar actually touched 20 people or 20 Chinese people before somebody spent that dollar outside of that community. Okay? And that's what we need to do. You know, and you don't see them begging people for jobs and saying they discriminate. They don't worry about that. They make their own jobs.
0: So yeah, they they have their own culture, their own community, even like right here in Athens, or even if you go up the road towards Atlanta, like it's built up, you know? Yeah. All all over America. And all
1: over the world where there's a Chinese community, there's a Chinatown. Yep, yep, yep. China market. Yeah, you go in Black communities, they ain't no African-American town, Black town. We don't (laughs) have it. You know, we may have one or two or three stores and a couple of restaurants, if we're lucky, and they don't always survive because we don't support them.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, so number, what number are we
1: on? Number four. Next one, the, the next one is Kuomba, um, which is something you also know a lot about. That's creativity. Uh, you know, we have to pr- produce uh, for ourselves and we uh, already are entertaining ourselves and the world. Okay, because if you talk about uh, rap music, rap music is everywhere. It's in the Arab world, it's in the Asian world, it's in the Hispanic world, and it's all over the uh, our continent. It's every place, so we have to continue to be uh, creative, and and we need to make things in our own image as well. Um, the next one is near purpose, and uh, that one um, means means that uh, we have to have um, a vision for each other and a vision for where we want to go as a people, and that should be our purpose for living. Because mm-hmm. we only live a certain amount of time, as we all know. And the only life that you have when that time expires, because you will disappear, yeah. when that expires, the only thing you have left are, are two things. The children that you had, they are your physical life after death, and mm-hmm. great works, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. great things, like the work that you've been doing <laughs> constant since i know you. OK, that work will be remembered, it will be passed on and it will be emulated. But that's only because you did it, because you had the, the, the courage and the um, the wherewithal to do the things that needed to be done, OK, um, for our community. And then we have uh, Imani, uh, and that is to believe with all our hearts and our people and the righteousness and the victories of our struggles.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's faith. That's Imani. faith.
1: body yeah. is faith, faith.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so let's go over it again. Number one is?
1: Umoja. Number two. Chagalia self-determination. Number three? Ujima, which is collective work and responsibility. Number four? Ujima, cooperative economics. Number three, which is purpose. Nia. Nia, N-I-A. And
0: Nia, like Nia Long, okay?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then we have
1: Imani. Imani, which is faith. And matter of fact, the last day is uh, the Karamu night. Uh, And it's uh, referred to as Karamu Ya Imani, which is uh, the uh, festival of faith. And that usually in most Kwanzaa celebrations is the most exciting night. Mm-hmm. Because you have most of your entertainment that night. You have your uh, drummers that night. Sometimes in some communities, they have drummers every night, but you, we don't have a lot of drummers in Athens. We have the Palms of Fire. They're the only ones I know of. We're actually in this part of Georgia. Okay. And as a matter of fact, they will be at uh, our Karamu on the 31st, uh, playing some African songs. Um, and people will be welcome to dance. It'll be at the UUFA. Uh, Univer- the Universalist uh, Foundation, which is on uh, Timothy Road, yeah. and if you could just put UUFA,
0: Athens, it'll come up.
1: <laughs> right, it, it, uh, it'll come up on mm-hmm. uh, on Google, and we'll have food that night, and we'll have uh, uh, a plethora of uh, other entertainment. So that's where everybody should will be. That's where the party will be. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm supposed to be hosting that night. I know there's supposed to be a fashion show. I mean, of course, I'm excited about the fashion show. But I'm also excited about the fact that, you know, we're all going to come together on the final night and, and celebrate. On Thursday, we're going to have one of the celebrations at our bookstore, at the AADM bookstore. So,
1: so we we definitely appreciate your help. And uh, making your facility at the mall available to us was a, a, a big help. And I don't know, it's, it's not a whole, a whole lot of exceptionally strong warriors like you are, like Amazon warriors like you are. And <laughs> I got to give you recognition while I get a chance to do it.
0: Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I have two more questions I'm going to ask you before you go. But, you know, I was thinking it's like a contrast or a conflict for some people because we grew up, some people grew up celebrating Christmas. And then as you get older and you become woke, you know, if your family wasn't instilling that you become woke, you're like, okay, do I still celebrate Christmas? Do I celebrate, do I just celebrate Kwanzaa? Oh,
1: yeah, it's
0: critical for me to celebrate, you know, a white man coming down the, the chimney and giving me presents,
1: <laughs> giving my yeah. family presents. Yeah, when, you, when your parents did the work for it. your present. parents
0: did the work, and I'm like, why we don't just tell these kids? <laughs> exactly. But then some people are stuck in the magical, the magical part of it, exactly. like, the, I'm like, well, we need to pretend like something else is going on. But do you think it's hypocritical, or how do you look at it? For oh, a... no,
1: not 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 at all. You know, when organizations start, regardless of what organization or what religion, okay, they are in a um, a gestation period, and they grow in, into uh, babies, and then they become toddlers, teenagers, adults, okay, and Kwanzaa. Has grown. Has grown to the point where we uh, encourage people from every single uh, religion that you know that that they may believe in to be, uh, participate in Kwanzaa. The only thing that we we are looking for in Kwanzaa is what we have in common, and what we have in common is that we're either all black people, or we or we have a relationship with black people. Okay, so we. Uh, want All of those people who um, are um, Afrocentric, and, and like I said, you do not have to be black and purple to be Afrocentric. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be anywhere from black and purple to white and blonde hair and be that. Okay. Right. So everybody is invited. And you know what? They can be Christians before they got there, and they can be Christians when they leave.
0: Okay. <laughs> so it's not about religion. They don't have to figure that out like, oh. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. My
1: connections <laughs> to say that we're not oppressed because we we uh, are uh, Baptist or Methodists. We're oppressed because we black. Right, right, we to exactly. We get in the room and talk together with each other and talk shop. Right,
0: right, anyway. right.
1: Okay, let me just mention one, a couple of quick things. Okay. Uh, one, for each day of uh, Kwanzaa, you greet each other by saying a baragani, which means what's the news? Or what's the news today? baragani, And today, when I say baragani to you, you would say moja.
0: Moja. 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 Right.
1: Moja for unity. And on the second day, which is kujachagalia, everybody should be saying to each other Habargani. And the response is Kuja And okay. all on the, down the list. The, the the last thing I wanted to mention was. There's a uh, two beautiful displays that people haven't heard of at the Athens Library uh, for Kwanzaa that have original African masks, that have um, other paraphernalia of African American interests, some memorabilia, and, and I think that um, you, you know um, people in the community would be uh, enjoy would enjoy that because Athens rarely rarely has something like that and athens is very rich with culture but not necessarily rich with that type of historical african culture
0: right i agree
1: And we got a lot of european culture
0: (laughs) we need some yeah so we appreciate the library for definitely you know creating that display and making sure that it's there
1: yeah yeah so definitely bring your kids and see it because they can see some real hand-carved african masks from africa um and They'll enjoy it, I'm sure that they will. There's real Kentic cloth in, the, in those display cases. One of the cases is downstairs by where you check out books. The other case is upstairs in the gallery. A lot of people don't know that the Athens Library has our gallery, but it is on the second level.
0: Okay. But anyway,
1: I'm sorry. How
0: long is the display gonna be up for?
1: Um, You know, it's so far it, it, there is not a definite time for it to end, but I suspect it will be there at least for four months.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So,
1: so if if you have a chance, uh, you know your listeners, if you have a chance to see it, uh, this is you know a chance you're not going to get often.
0: Okay. Do you have a website yet?
1: No, we, we do not have a website. We just okay. we, we reorganizing after four years, and um, not, at this point, all of the people who came together to work on it, some of us didn't even know each other before.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I'm glad to see y'all come together because y'all are the, the more Afrocentric people in the community.
1: <laughs> um, well, kind uh, of this.
0: um. Okay, any final thoughts?
1: Um. That's basically it. You know, um, we need to continue Kwanzaa every year. Yeah. And next year we'll start earlier next year. Yeah. Um. So keep your eye out for it and be sure to bring your children because if you do not bring your children, and expose them to those these principles and values and quasi and uh, thereby legitimizing it, there's no need to have it.
0: Yeah.
1: Because when we're dead and gone, kwanzaa is gone with us without our children.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so we gotta okay. build that bridge. We gotta connect and build that bridge between the youth and our elders, which is very important. We need to pass down the history. We need to make sure we're teaching our children about Black history. We can't wait for the schools to do that. And so, you know, make sure y'all are doing what you can to celebrate Kwanzaa. And thank you, Dwight, for joining me today for Mocha Speaks podcast. Tuning out, this is a special edition for Kwanzaa. Y'all have a wonderful day.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Mocha.